Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Welcome into another special bonus edition of Green and Growing. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with our guy Ken Barkley of You Better You Bet. Follow him on Twitter at Lockie Lockerson. Catch him weekday afternoons on You Better You Bet. Him and Nick Costos, part of the BetQL radio network. And you guys also do these cool BetQL chats as well. And for those of us, for those of you tuning in, uh, to this podcast on Monday. They're actually doing one during the national championship game uh, from 8 to 10 o'clock Central. What, what is that all about as far as if people log into the BetQL app? Well, I think one of the things that they really want to do with the app, right, is is kind of create that sense of community where, like, people that are, if you're a fan of either a, a sports radio host in a market, like, you know, Milwaukee, for example, and, you know, if you were watching a, a Bucks game, like a Bucks playoff game, Sparky, like, people could come hang out with you, like, all right, I, I'm going to watch this team anyway. I like this person. So now basically it's like I'm watching this game with this person. Right. So for us, it's like, all right, if there's a, a big betting event, like tonight's national championship game or Monday night's national championship game with UConn and San Diego State, I would never tell you this is like a huge event the way the tournament's shaken out, but this is what we have at the end. And uh, and obviously there are a ton of bets to make, and you know Nick and I are going to watch it anyway. And if we're going to watch it anyway, our producer Tyler is a huge college basketball person, is going to watch it anyway, then we'll just kind of bring that experience to that app. So that's kind of where they want us to do that. Kind of a cool place to just like hang face hang out with people that you like anyway uh, after you hear them do their shows. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I got to do a, a couple of Packer games uh, this last uh, season. It was a lot of fun. So definitely go check that out with those guys. Uh, okay, the NCAA tournament, obviously a lot of upsets. Uh, Final Four, nothing like anybody necessarily expected. As you said, the national championship game, maybe a lot of people had UConn uh, going in the Final Four, but certainly not San Diego State. 
do you, do you think the books made or lost money on this thing uh, at the end of the day? Well, I think, I mean, made uh, in, in a bunch of key ways, right? So it's funny, I, I was out in Vegas. I hadn't bet in a few years for the NCAA tournament first round. I think we even did an interview when I was out yep, there. we uh, did. Possibly. And, uh, and so you, when you're out there and there are so many people, you really get a, re- a perfect feel for like, what does everyone bet? And I, sometimes I'm in like my ivory tower or something where like I do my work and I don't really care what everybody else bets. So I don't pay a lot of attention to like what the public is on or like did, did betters win or lose. And w- but when you're out there for the first round, I mean, there are two things that like stand out by far. And it's these first to 15 bets, which is like basically uh, people, casual bettors like to bet underdog teams to be the first one to score 15 points instead of the favorite team. And the price attached to that is, you know, like a plus price. It's not a very good price, but it's, you know, if you took uh, FDU against Purdue, for example, in the first round of that upset, uh, FDU first to 15 was probably like five to one or four to one or something. So every everyone in the book bets these and everyone is cheering for them. Well, here's the problem. Favorites went like 28 and five or something right. this year. And the price that you get, books know what their volume is. So like they're going to give you a bad price. You know, if you're there just to have a few laughs and like put 10 bucks on the bet, you don't really care what price you're getting. Okay, well, books are going to take advantage of that. And instead of giving you four to one, they're going to give you two to one. And you're not going to care because you're not going to know the difference. So like, they, I mean, they have to just absolutely – I think about at the roulette table when a number comes and nobody wins and they just sweep the board and, like, pull all the chips in basically because uh, nobody had whatever, 8 or 12 or whatever the number was. That's what I think about with these first to 15 bets where it's just, like, how much money did you make on this? And then the other thing people really like to do is tie favorite money lines together. Um, like, oh, well, like, as long as these teams all just win – uh, this is the most common thing that betters like to do on NFL Sunday, for example, is they'll take, let's say you have like five 10-point favorites or five touchdown favorites. Betters love to just link all five together and you just need all of them to win in order to win, you know, like two to one or something sure. like that on your money. It's a really fun bet to sweat, except that like the law of probability and, the, and just the randomness of the NFL season is like, you know, one of them's going to lose a lot and you need all of them to win to win your bet. We've had sportsbook risk managers on who are like, we're all in the back room just like, all right, which team is going to lose today? I'm like, that's the one that they end up rooting for to blow up all of these parlays, basically. Okay, well, people do that in the NCAA tournament also. So just like the tried and true ways that the books always make money on, or those were in play again in this tournament. It was a particularly crazy tournament, which probably tells me that teams that everyone likes to bet Duke in the second round against Tennessee was probably the most bet side of any side, like in the first couple rounds at least. And they obviously lost and the second half loss where people doubled down. So I'm sure just like any other sporting event, I'm sure overall the books are doing fine. And usually when it's crazy and random, um, that's usually pretty good for them in an event like this. You know, Ken, the other thing is the women's uh, NCAA tournament uh, because of Caitlin Clark and Iowa and the craziness that she had back-to-back 40-point games, uh, had over 30 in the championship game to LSU, uh, and obviously lost that one. And I, I, I see and I hear a lot of – you know, Caitlin Clark uh, is the most popular uh, player in, in college basketball after both of these tournaments. Uh, and I understand that it was a big deal. I turned on the last, I don't know, I think I watched three minutes of the championship game total. I didn't watch either of the other two with her uh, and Iowa. Uh, how big of a deal do you th- really think this was for women's basketball? Uh, and did it really impact betting at all, do you think? Well, I think it definitely impacted betting from a casual better standpoint. I mean, there are always going to be people betting 
any sport that know what they're doing, any sport, like even the most obscure sports you could imagine, there are smart people trying to bet with an edge in those sports. But like where to kind of where to kind of the average people go to bet, like what do they do? I am positive that a ton of them gravitated toward Iowa on Friday night. They won as an 11 point underdog. The money line on that paid really well. I think it was like four to one and everybody had it. Like everybody bet Iowa in that game, bet, bet the game almost with almost no exception. Um, the, the, the quotes from people were really funny and sports books were really funny of just how lopsided the action was. And then everybody went back for more yesterday. Cause sure. why wouldn't you? Right. So Iowa money line was insanely popular. Caitlin Clark's over on her points was insanely popular. Both of those bets lost. Uh, LSU obviously won the game outright. Clark's points prop was 32 and a half, but she scored 30. She went under. Um, so I think it was kind of one of those, look, women's sports, like I, I can't tell you if there's like some movement happening. This is also like the best case scenario for any sport. It's like an all time on Friday night, at least it was an all time team that had not lost against the best player in the sport. I mean, how often does any sport forget women's college basketball? How often does any sport get that as like a setup, right? Like you're not going to get that every year. And when Clark graduates after next season, like who knows if you're going to get it again for a while. So I don't know if this is like an upward movement, you know, sharply, but just in the moment it felt it, felt really 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 important and it was really fun to watch i watched friday and i watched yesterday and i don't ever watch women's college basketball basically so maybe if they can obviously like keep having these types of storylines we'll keep tuning in but i mean i just not my area of expertise i guess i just i really enjoyed both games there was a betting application though from from the game that i thought was interesting i know you ask me all the time and you kind of wind me up right because you'll you'll talk to me about like (laughs) public bet percentages yes or like you know all of these kind of uh, hokey concepts that don't really carry any what like when you actually think about it, like, well, actually, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That's probably not a thing. Well, there was actually a dynamic that, that where this kind of applied in the Iowa game. So my argument is always like, all right, if everyone is on one side because of like some narrative, like they all love Iowa or they love Caitlin Clark, for example, that's fine. It doesn't really matter unless you can prove to me that the market is being like impacted by it, right? Like the price is changing because everyone is on something. The most famous example of this, and it gets overused all the time, is the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, like crossover boxing match where like so much money was being bet on McGregor like by people who just didn't know any better that the market was actually being shaped like he had a chance to win and he really had like no chance to win and like betters professional betters will tell you that was like one of the great betting opportunities in their lives because the limits were almost limitless and you could bet floyd mayweather to win at like minus 400 or minus 300 and he was probably more like minus 5,000 to win the fight okay well this wasn't that but it's just that's a good example of like what the public is doing actually mattering, like actually having an impact. I actually think that kind of happened in this game. And maybe it wasn't like the public like that, but I do think Friday night was so like impactful. Like it was such a, like a, so many people watched Iowa beat South Carolina and so many people watched that game. And so many people showed up again to bet on Sunday as a result of that, that the number kept getting bet out from open. So it opened like very close to a pick game and Iowa closed. They got bet hammered on Sunday out to three and a half, basically. And it was just one of those funny things where you look and you go, was this ever going to be three and a half unless Iowa beat South Carolina? Like, is that what's creating this number? Is just that one game where like everybody watched it? So it was kind of not like a total apples to apples comparison, but I thought it was like a really unique betting moment where something that like there was such a seismic event that had just happened that it was kind of like creating an interesting market where not that Iowa couldn't win, 
and the officiating could have gone differently, but just like it seemed to maybe create a valuable bet on a side, honestly, just because of like what everyone thought. Let's talk about the NBA MVP race. Uh, Everybody was all excited to see uh, Giannis against the Joker, and I think for the most part that was pretty even between the two of them. Then everybody, everybody meaning Bucks fans, uh, was excited to see Giannis and Embiid, Bucks and Sixers. Uh, Bucks took care of uh, Sixers uh, in pretty good fashion. Giannis had uh, a pretty good game. Bucks overall played well in that game, much better defensively than they did against the Celtics when they were zapped of energy, having played five of seven. Uh, your thoughts on this MVP race? Now, I know Giannis has been third for a while. The latest uh, poll came out from Tim Bontemps, uh, and it still had uh, the Joker and Embiid within two votes of each other. But I think Giannis ended up with, what, 17 first-place votes or something like that? Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, it was basically like almost like a four, if you do like 100 first place votes, 40, 40 approximate in terms of Jokic and Embiid and then Giannis with only 20. And I mean, that was, that was last week. Like, I mean, it's, it hasn't been that long, but I, I do think it's not just how many votes people got, but it's also like, I wonder what degree of confidence they were voting with, right? Like, are they willing to change their minds? in the final month or two of the season or week or two of the season, if new information comes along, like how set is everybody in what they're going to do? We don't know the answer to that, obviously. Maybe all these people were just kind of voting like, well, now it's Embiid, but I don't know. And the the more you listen to people talk, the more like, I feel like nobody has a clue what they're going to do with this race. And so I have resisted betting Giannis to win this, this award the entire season. I have $0 on him. And I have much, much, much more than $0 on both Embiid and Jokic at, at really good prices, like before the before all this happened, basically. So I've been like riding with the idea that I, I'm not going to add Giannis. I'm not going to add Giannis. Like, I really think it's one of the other two. All the polling has indicated that forever. Giannis has never been in the mix. And yet we like get to this weird end of the season. One thing about voters that's true is they are incredibly affected by recency bias. Whatever, however anyone closes the season matters way too much because the average voter, to be honest, like can't think through that very well. They're just going to be too affected by however we close the year. And if we close the year with the Sixers losing like every single game and then be sitting out a game against Jokic and then losing to Giannis, and the team's not playing very well. And we also end the season with Jokic missing every game in the final two weeks, which is possible. And I don't know if he's end up going to end up playing at the end of the season, but he probably shouldn't because they have the one seed. If both of those things happen, what if the voters weren't like sticky? What if they weren't like set in who they were going to vote for? Could Giannis flip 15, 20 votes, basically? So I don't know the answer to that. And I thought we were done with this. I was like ready to not pay attention to this anymore. And now Jokic is missing games and Embiid's playing badly. And it's just kind of like, what is going to happen? 
And I actually think it's possible. I still have zero Giannis, but every hour of every day now, I'm like, do I just need to add this guy at like seven to one, eight to one? So I just sleep at night, basically. So I thought the race was not going to be that interesting, Sparky, like, you know, compared to when we talked about it a month ago or two weeks ago. And I still think it's pretty interesting. And I don't think the betting market kind of has a clue how to price it. And it's not that I know how to price it. I think nobody knows how to price it because it's basically like how fluid are all of the votes from last week's poll? How much do people want to maybe change their mind based on what's happening down the stretch here? So a couple 50-point games by Giannis here on the way out could do wonders. I don't even think if he needs I don't even think he needs that, honestly. Really? I think if, uh, if, if Jokic misses every game, so if the lasting impression of Jokic is didn't play the last two weeks, and people already are kind of looking for reasons to vote for somebody else anyway. So he was close with Embiid. And if the lasting image of Embiid, they play the Celtics this week. What if the Celtics and the Celtics have absolutely had their number this season, big time? Uh, even when guys were hurt and not playing, the Celtics would win those games. Okay, what if what if Embiid doesn't play well, like Robert Williams is playing again to guard him? What if Embiid doesn't play well, they lose? What if Jokic doesn't play the rest of the year? I just there's a big there's a big time recency bias that's possible, and I don't think Giannis is going to win like going away. It would create, you know, almost like one of like one of those presidential like you know Bush Gore and we're in like the Supreme Court trying to figure this yep. out. Basically, that's like that's kind of that's what Giannis needs to win, and he's getting the exact things that need to happen to the other two players. For that, I think he just he needs to keep doing him. I don't even think it even matters what he does. He's just more like, well, if the other two stink so bad and don't play down the stretch, maybe there's a needle he can thread to win what would be like a really crazy victory based on even the poll that we had last week. What's the tiebreaker if there's a tie? Do we know? Well, there will almost never be an exact statistical tie because you vote for first, second, and third. So like points-wise, right. that's like so unlikely. I don't know what the tiebreaker is, but like, I mean, you're talking about like that's like a one in 10,000. I think that we ever even maybe first place votes would probably be my guess as like what the tiebreaker is. And I mean, I I thought I knew I, who was going I to get more of those. We go back to the know. NFL. Yeah. They had co-MVPs the year that Brett Favre and Barry Sanders split it. Um, they just named they co-MVPs. Did. They did? Yeah. They did. I, I But I think because of the way they do the – like uh, NFL never – used to do ranked choice, right? You only voted for one name. Right. You wrote one name down and that was it. And that's why they can have ties because there's like, what's the tiebreaker when everybody only votes for first? Well, that NBA doesn't, and NFL doesn't do that anymore either. Last year was the first time you write down a first, a second, and a third, and actually a fourth and a fifth for most valuable player. And in NBA, they do the same thing. So I, I don't think it's going to be like a tie tie, but I think it could be really close with all three, just the way the things are playing out. So I haven't bet Giannis yet, but like, I know for Bucks fans, like, I actually don't think you're dead. I actually think you have a chance because of, like, the bad things that are happening to the other two candidates. We'll take it. That'd be awesome if Giannis could sneak out a, another MVP at the end of the day. He is Ken Barkley. Follow him on Twitter at Locky Lockerson. And, of course, BetMGM, a big sponsor of those guys over there at You Better You Bet. A great, entertaining afternoon show uh, that I always suggest listening to. It's always fun. I'm always streaming it myself on the phone. Enjoy the rest of your day, Ken Barkley. Thanks for joining us on Green and Growing. Sounds good. Thanks, Sparky.